0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to El Valle Bajo podcast. It's a Saturday special. Uh, we have Pablo Barrera. How are you doing, Pablo? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, Pablo um, is running for uh, District 5 against Gary Gandara, And um, so he's been, I, told, I just told him he looks very tired. So he's he's working. He's working it, which is very good uh pablo how's everything going how's the campaign going it's going good it's going good um can't complain honestly it's very interesting uh pablo always has a story for me and (laughs) and today we had a very good story uh feel good story uh Pablo, can you tell the public what we were what happened to you
1: today so i was walking um went on knocking somebody's door and Didn't even know, Um, veteran, fellow veteran, uh, Rafael Hernando. Um, You know, we got to talking for for quite some time. We were there talking to him for a while, and he's a very knowledgeable man, very well-versed man. Um, He had a lot to say. He he has a lot of input, you know. I think reaching out to community, I mean, everybody, it matters at the end of the day. You know, I want to hear from Mm every constituent at the end of the day, but because of how involved he was, his input, his involvement, I think, in my opinion, is truly vital to the growth of SISD, to the growth of the teachers, to the growth of the students, most importantly, not just in the, the academic side of things, but whether it be extracurricular activities or whatever else is out there, and he brings a lot of a lot of information he's very wise he's i want to say he's rich in knowledge and in experience and that's those are the minds that i want to tap into that can help us grow because i don't know everything it's people like him that help us grow as a community
0: right right um you told me this story it was amazing uh to you know to see the man who fought for our country was a veteran uh and you know, was very, very independent thinker. Uh, he told you know, he told you very, very clearly. You know, uh, and he saw, he knew a lot of things. He was uh, kind of disappointed on some things. So you know, those are things that you know. He he has a school named after him, and and when you meet this man, uh, you you know why, and the stories that he was telling you and everything, it was it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing and did he support you what did he tell you yeah he's gonna go ahead he said he was gonna go
1: ahead and support me he wants to to help out um you know i told him like hey if i get elected on that seat i i want you back involved in the community you know you're you're an asset you're an asset to the teachers to the students to the community and it's people like that 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 we need that's that's how i you know he 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 said it himself it's been stagnant for a while there hasn't been growth you know Yeah, there's been growth as far as homes, you know, uh, know, students, that's just a given, but that, that's not the district doing that. That's just uh, the community just growing itself. But, you know, with that being said, he wants to, to see a growth. He's seen a lot of, unfortunately, I, from the conversation, I felt there was more, he had more concerns than, and he did say there was good things, but he was more, he had a lot of concerns and he wants to get those concerns addressed. And he's like, if you get on that board, you know, I, I want to bring those those issues to light and let's address those concerns and, and move forward from there because that's the only way we're going to bring transparency. And that was one of his things is that he loved about me is that transparency, transparency, you know, nothing to hide, especially, you know, him and I being a veterans, you know, he was a Vietnam era vet. I'm a Iraq and Afghanistan vet. So, you know, those are one of those things that we hold to each other um, accountability, you know, and and that's an individual that I can really, you know, if he calls me out on something, I'm going to really, really, really take it to heart because we have, we share a lot of commonalities and I don't want to let anybody down, but, you know, especially him, that's one person you do not want to let down in my opinion, that he was so involved in the education system as well.
0: Right. Right. And that, that's a, that's a true trailblazer. In all sense of the words, on on how things were supposed to get done. So you had an interesting morning. You started off. Uh, I saw this morning that our our friend Rodrigo uh, Martinez, I believe, um, you know, is uh, we don't we think it's a fake account uh, because uh, either they're not willing to put their face, but they do say they're a U.S. veteran, and some people do hide behind that, and that is not something you should do. To, but uh, we do believe it's a fake account, and they, you know, we talked about this morning about that photo that's photoshopped with uh, with you. That mm-hmm. is something. That is something where, uh, you know, there's ethical lines, of course. But you know, uh, I'm guessing not in this in this uh, campaign. What do you? What do you? What do you got to say to that? So I mean.
1: Being a veteran and a lot of veterans that I know, and I'm going to go even as far as this, I have friends that are are Navy vets. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they would be very disappointed if that's a true Navy vet and has never been able to show their their picture. You know, that's something that they don't they don't stand for. They're just, hey, they call it for what it is. They're very direct. That's just how they are. You know, right. You know, going from there, it's like Want to start creating defamation? That's fine. Go ahead, do what you're going to do because obviously, you know, that I'm bringing transparency. And that's all I'm going to do is bring transparency. You want to, you know, bring in the charter schools? Here we go. Well, it's, I'm I'm willing to talk about the charter schools. I was there for one year and I'm not being uh, facetious here. I don't mean to, but my kids literally were able to walk out of that school alive. Not, and I don't, again, I don't say that facetiously, I mean that literally. There was many instances where you know I can combine my two older kids, and they've been in public schools all their lives, and they never had so many injuries. They never came to me with saying, "Hey, a teacher pinched me," a teacher did this, you know, or a, a student did that. And when my twins were there for that one year, they complained
0: and said, "Oh, you know what? My teacher pinched me." You know, that, yeah, you know what, and that's something. And I know Pablo, I, you know, for a while now, uh, we did meet uh, through adv- advocacy uh, for for, uh, the for teachers, for himself. We met through that. But anybody that don't, does know me, I'm anti charter. Uh, no if or but about it. Uh, charter schools are anti union, charter schools are anti due process. Uh, and we fought, we've been fighting. I walked with Socorro teachers. Uh, the stand and deliver, I was there. I was there I, as a city rep for the city of Socorro. I was there. Uh, at that time, you know, we can tell you what happened. I can tell you that I walked with the teachers uh, here in, in the Bahia, you know, and that's what happened. So um, that was an interesting morning. Uh, that picture uh, gets to me. Uh, it was photoshopped. Everything about it was photoshopped. The, the, the original picture is a picture of Pablo supporting uh, um, Mr. Garcia, Paul Garcia. That's just, you know, it is what it is. And because I think it's a fake account or it's a bot. It's not a bot. It's a fake account. Um, you guys, it is what it is. And, and the thing is that it's not right but don't be photoshopping because we can photoshop a lot of things and the same man has asked us to bring uh we will bring it in april a special podcast on criminal records Um, but be careful what you ask for because we have found a lot of we did find the records on on not just dads or uncles or brother-in-laws we found on candidates and that will come in april so sometimes be careful what you ask for because We do a lot of digging here, and that's why that podcast will be very popular in April to see what candidate does have on their record. So we'll bring you that then. All right, Pablo. So I want to get back to something where, you know, me and I, you have talked for a long time, and, you know, you've always known my stance on charter schools, and I think me and you would not be friends or started the podcast together and fighting for our children to get their not sent back to school during the height of the pandemic and you can check that out Shelly Cap reported on that if you were pro charter but um you t- this story is new to me that your child got got pinched at idea so well, I, mean, I you know
1: i didn't we didn't we're one of those people again I got an incumbent that, you know, and, and his supporters are going negative. That's fine, whatever. But, you know, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to stay ethical and stay true and transparent. But here's here it goes. So I'm going to give you the true spill, the true beans about what happened, why we left to charter school. Nobody came and told us. We, we were parents that were lost. We were parents that we were seeking support. We were parents that didn't have support from the district. Not from the teachers, because the teachers we have the support from, but it was from leadership in district that we didn't have the support because we went all the way up there. And we didn't have their support no guidance, no information, nothing. So it got to a point as desperate parents were like, we need to, we need to find something different for our kids because We're not getting anywhere here like so we were desperate. We said, you know what, let's give this whole charter school idea an opportunity. Let's see. And, you know, and I'll go from there. Mm-hmm. But it was out of a good situation, out of a bad situation, because that's what it was, was a bad situation. I learned a lot of things about charter schools. And what better way, because I, we were in a tough situation. Like I said, we literally were able to, my kids were literally able to walk out of there alive. Because yeah. they got bites from other kids. They were always bruised up. They were always hurt. Where was the supervision? There was a lot of, a lot of flaws. And that's just in that aspect of it. I know we're gonna do the conversation. We're gonna elaborate a little bit more, but nobody informed us, nobody educated us. You know, just like you talked about, you have to stand and deliver. Nobody came and knocked on our doors. And you know what we ended up finding out was that they were scared to knock on our door because we were gonna ask questions. Why? Why were we gonna ask questions? I wanna know why. If you're telling me not to go there, am I supposed to just believe you? No, I wanna know why educate me, make me smart, empower me. But again, that's one of the things that we're running on. I wanna empower people, not just tell people, I wanna empower you. So that's what we were seeking, empower us. But they never, out of those two, not once that they ever knock on our door. And on one of those times, we were told that they went to go tell the principal to have that conversation with us because, and this is sad, how do you as a superintendent or board members, lead your teachers and tell them, hey, we're gonna do a stand and deliver and you gotta tell them these family members to come back to SISD, but you don't educate your teachers on how to fight and give them the truth about the bads of a charter school. They never did that. That's why they were never able to walk or knock on our door and educate us because they didn't have much information other than what they're being told. But you know what? I am glad mm-hmm. That we had to go through a bad situation, unfortunately. And we're gonna turn this into a good situation because we learned the hard way. And because I was involved in there, that one year I saw so much that it opened my eyes to so much, and not just me, my wife too. That it's like, you know what? This is charter schools are bad. They are bad. They are in it for a business, they're in it for money. They're Again, we talked about unions. I, you know that I'm pro-union. You saw, And I told yeah, you yeah. a story about how unions are, are great when they're done right, you know, and how they support, you know, the teacher in your case. And that's not the case when you go to a charter school. You're not getting a certified teacher. You're not getting that transparency. They hide stuff like that from you. When we try to go volunteer, no way, because we spoke up. Again, just like we're speaking up here with SISD, we spoke up over there and they closed the doors. You know what the saddest thing is? When I asked the question, I said, why don't we have a, a, a board member from El Paso? Oh, oh, oh well, you know, it's, it's a lot of the, the people that are invested into, into the system, into the idea. And I'm like, red flag there. That was a huge red flag for me, I, you know,
0: why? And, yeah. They don't know the community. Yeah. They and that that. that 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 should really get everybody like upset. And 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 to Pablo's Pablo's view, it's you know, if you're not invested in fighting charter schools, then you're not gonna go look into them. And and that's the truth. And I remember when I started my fight against charter schools, that's loco. Hey, leave it alone, leave it alone. They're gonna grow no matter what. I, those are the comments I got. no matter what they're coming just leave it but i never stopped we've never stopped and then i found an ally in pablo where hey i was there it's not even uh it's worse than you think okay so those are things that you you need to say to yourself wow you know let's not be that because i'm going to tell you something teachers If you don't get involved and you don't know, then you're going to lose your job because charter schools about privatization, anything you do to get privatized, uh, even schools, they're there to make money. You got to understand that Paul Foster, uh, they invested $12 million in this system. Creed did this. They don't, they're not here just to, to, to change the community. They're not, they're here to take your job so when think about it just like amazon why would i why would in alabama they're fighting unionization why because you don't want a teacher association inside a charter because they have to get rid of you and then let me tell you something. we got some stats pablo uh here we, and all these stats are on georgina pettis's website okay our school board of representative district one you can find her uh she has it's called truth and charter she has a She has an amazing amount of information. And knowing the facts, she goes, in comparison to state charters, school districts serve students with more experienced teachers, more teachers with advanced degrees and much lower turnover. That's one bullet point, okay? So you have teachers with master degrees. You got teachers with doctorates. You got teachers that have been teaching in the same community forever. I've been teaching in my school for... this year's my seventh year. My wife's been in her school for 12 years. This is what happens. This is where, like, I'm gonna get Mr. or I'm gonna get Mrs. Garcia. That's what they're looking at. Oh, I remember your brother. Oh, I remember your sister. But when you go to charter schools, this isn't happening. Okay, this isn't happening. So th- then we got some more information for you. School districts also for so school districts also serve students with fewer students per teacher to provide more personalized and individual instruction comparison to teacher staffing. This is 2019 information description state charters. Average teacher experience 5.3 years. It's probably actually less than that, to be quite frank. Is it less?
1: Yes, because and I'm, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on that. Okay. I had conversations with teachers and some of them, the only ones that had the, the more higher years of experience came from the public schools. Right. But I'm going to, and this is one of the flaws that right now we have with the SISD. We have lost teachers because of the way leadership and retaliation has gone through over there, right? But right. teachers right. are just coming in through like ideal, like it's, it's bread and butter. And this is no joke. No joke. My kids went through three teachers in that one year.
0: Oh, God.
1: No joke. No joke. And they're, hold up. I still got more for you. There was a period, a period about a month or six weeks where they didn't have a teacher. They had a substitute.
0: Wow. No
1: joke. That that legit legitimately happened. And that's those are the flaws that we need. Like, that's what they have. And that's why I'm like, I'm living proof. My family is a living proof of why. Not because oh, we were being told and we're learning it. No, we are living proof of why not to go to a charter school.
0: And, and, and compare that to Texas teachers in public schools who average 11.4 years in every school. And you can you can look that up. You know, there's teachers that move around. You don't want those teachers. You don't want teachers that move around or not there at the whole time. You every want a teacher door. that... Yeah, it's a revolving door and you don't want that in your in your education, especially for your kids, especially now. And now in the pandemic, it's even more frustrating with situations like that. So, of course, schools, uh, you know, Public schools have teachers for a longer period of time. Uh, teacher advanced degrees. This is an interesting one. 23.1% to school districts or 25.1%. That's a 2% difference. Okay. Small, small, but public school teachers still have more advanced degrees. Uh, teacher turnover. This is this is hard. Twenty-eight point eight percent for charter schools, and Texas school districts is fifteen point nine percent. That is a twelve point nine percent difference in turnover. Just like Pablo said, you don't want your child to have three teachers in one year. You don't want that. And when you have substitutes. Uh, don't we pay more for substitutes with a teacher degree? Don't we pay more for that? That's ex- why exactly we do that because you know what? Things happen. People get sick. People have babies. Um, things like that happen. And, and we need that great that substitute. And there's a lot of great substitutes, many. And they should be paid more because of what they're doing. Uh, and the per teacher-student ratio, students per teacher, in charters, it's 17. In school districts, it's 15. I highly doubt that because uh, I think in some schools that I've been around, it's uh, an average of 22 to 25 students per per uh, per teacher. So that's. And I want one. to talk. About, I want to uh, elaborate
1: a little bit. So when I was talking to one of the teachers there when we were at Idea, they flat out told me. They flat out told me we can't speak up because we don't have a union so just food for thought just keep that in mind they I, that was actually told to me because i asked they actually told me we can't speak up we would have a union or we're going to get fired like that
0: like that and that's what and that's a difference when you're a private uh entity per se or a charter school entity because you know what in public schools we do have uh i know i'm part of a union i know there's one it's so- a great one in a and those are things that uh we can rely on when things happen, you can rely on your union. Now, my question, Pablo, and I, I pose this to you, um, there's a lot of union here, members everywhere. And, and I learned about it when I had a meeting with, uh, my union sent me to a meeting with uh, Congressman Escobar. And, and there's, there's a plumber's union, there's electrical union, there is av- aviation union, there's flight attendants unions, there's nurses unions. Long There's so course. many unions. Now, why would you send your child to a school that doesn't let unions happen? Doesn't let uh, labor force have a mo- uh, a voice. Why would you send your child to that? Why would why would anybody who is part of a labor movement send their kids to somewhere where they don't let them? Let me tell you. And, and Pablo just said it. He lived it. He's just telling you that Because they don't want people to know what's going on in the schools. You think that pinching kids is fine? It's not. It's not. And any other teacher in any public school would have lost their teaching license. But guess what? Teachers at charter schools don't have licenses. That's just the way it's run like a business. They're not called superintendents. They're called CEOs. And and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Pablo. I mean... I'm like I
1: said, I'm living where my family's living proof. There's no way, why would you send, I'm an example. Like I'm not just, so I don't want, nobody can ever turn around and say, well, you're just saying it just to say it. No, we're, we're a living example. Why do you want to send your kids to a charter school? or like you just said, Alex, where there's no labor union, they can't speak up. And again, I'm going to give you another example. How is it if a teacher wants to advocate and fight for their students, but the moment they do, they're gonna be retaliated and fired just like that. Don't you want a teacher in the public education system because they're afforded that opportunity to have that that union representation so that they can advocate for the kids. And even then there's still an issue with that because they still get retaliated. But at least you know what? they're gonna be able to maintain their job. At least going to, your, your children are gonna have that consistency there. You're not gonna have a revolving door of, of teachers going through there. So I had a, the first teacher that they had was only there for about four to six weeks because she, and, she, and we had to track her down and we had to finally, we, we talked to her personally. It was hard to track her down. She's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't deal with the stress. It was just too much. We couldn't speak up. I wanted to give the kids this, I wanted to give the kids that, but management leadership, they don't allow that. They don't let us do that. That is dangerous. You had a a good human being that was trying to do the right thing for for the students, but guess what? But because of the machine, the charter school machine did not let them educate kids. They have to conform to their standards. Now where the public school systems, they have standards, they have rules, policies, ethics that they have to abide by. So why would you yeah. want your kids in a situation where the teacher can't say anything?
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and it's hard. It's hard. Let me tell you, uh, you know, being part of you, 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 I'm that kind of person that everybody goes to and says, I have a problem. You know what happens if I wasn't at a charter school I'd be fired easily years ago. And for all you teachers that do speak up, make sure to join a good union, a good union that doesn't stand with the board. A good union that doesn't uh, does whatever they want. A good union that actually fights for you, because there's a lot of favoritism that we hear about. Because we talk to educators here in Socorro, we talk to it, and they're like, "Well, I can't do it because uh, this so uh, the school board member is is related, or is a tio, or is a tia, or is a nephew, and we can't do anything around here." And that's a hard part, and that's what we hate. And that's what we can do. And that's what we're Pablo is in the situation he's in. He's running for to change things. It can be no longer about favors. It can no longer be about I want. No, it's about what we, the community, want. And I'm part of that community. I live here. I live here, but I work somewhere else. Okay. So let's let's move on to something else, Pablo. Uh, expenditures per student. Let's look at that. And this, of course, comes from Georgina Perez, our School Board of Education Rep. In That's going to be
1: disappointing. To... Monday. That's going to be disappointing. Oh yeah. What...
0: Check this out. In comparison to state charters, school districts dedicate more taxpayer dollars per student to provide instruction and support group programs to benefit all students. Okay. Why? Because privately managed state charters have higher administrative costs in part due to the management fees paid it to affiliated private charter management organizations. So, I, real quick at the end I'm going to I'm going to po- put I'm going to put uh uh I can't his name. I every uh, last week tonight John uh, John Oliver he did a charter school segment which is about 20 minutes long. So, after we're finished this, I'm going to put it on, on ours and you guys can see it. But look at this. They do. Charter schools get more money than we do. First of all, uh, millionaires invest in the money. Like Pablo said, if you invest X amount of money, you get to be on the board. Which means if you own an education company and you want, uh, I sell books, I sell paper. Oh, you're going to give a million dollars to idea. Well, we're going to put you on the board. And guess what? Oh, we need to buy more paper. Who do we go to? We go to this guy. We go to the paper guy on our board because he gave us a million dollars. Like they say, lobbying is uh is uh lobbying is what's it called? I can't remember. I'll Lobby. give you a second to think about it. But go I'm, for it. I'm, I'm I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna throw something else in here. So like I've always said, yes, I in that one year I was involved, right? So check this out when we, they actually sent me up to Austin, they actually paid for my flight to go up there in my hotel room. So that's how much money they have, okay? So keep that in mind. That's one. Two, when they were pitching to get more money for the, for the charter schools, they were saying that they were getting, I think it was about, and I don't know the exact number, but I know it was in the 80 cents mark, that they were getting 84 cents for every dollar that the public school was getting. But wait a minute! What was the math that you just did? It was the opposite. They're getting more money than the public schools. But you see what they presented to me?
0: Yeah.
1: You see? You see? You see how where the lies and the discrepancies are? Yeah. That's that's my problem, and I know that that's your problem. I know that's a lot of problem for the public educators. That's that's it's no go. Like they're painting a very different picture that is not accurate.
0: Yeah, and that's that's not that's my biggest problem. No, my biggest problem being a special edu- educator is that they don't they don't educate our special needs kids. That's what pisses me off. Excuse my language, but don't mess with my kids because my kids mean the world to me and they're sped and they have a harder time to do anything in this world or don't have, have are at a disadvantage. And And they need help and they need accommodations and they need motivation and they need all these things. And idea washes their hands of them. And if you're a parent and you have, and you have some modality, uh, you need to be pissed off also. And as an educator, and and those are things that you should really after, because this is illegal because they get federal funding for this, but they just don't, they only, all they do is put kids in rooms. Don't, Pull kids out. Don't give them accommodations. And I've gotten students from idea. And what would you do at idea? Nothing. I was just in class sitting. And they just passed me. What? That's a disservice to the kid. That's a disservice to any any student. Don't do that. Your education is the only thing you have that cannot be taken away. Pablo. So two things. The SPED.
1: The SPED department... I don't even know if I want to call it that they even have a SPED department, to be quite frank. We're not even scratching the surface, to be quite honest, there. Because I asked about it. I inquired about it. I mean, no, no way. Like, for them to ever sit there and say that they have a SPED department, no. It was just more like, here, we have a SPED person, just to say we have a SPED department. But to say that they have the tools, the teachers, the diags, and stuff like that, the full set of it, no, they don't. I'm telling you, no, they don't. Because I saw it and I asked and they and they couldn't answer some of my questions.
0: So secondly, so about, go ahead.
1: Curriculum, how you were talking about. How is it that how you just said, Oh, yeah, we just sat there and they passed me. That's true. And I'm gonna tell you why. All year long, my twins were being told, Oh, they're doing good, they're fabulous, blah, 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 blah. Right. Next thing you know, towards the the was it, the last six or nine weeks of, of the school. Hey, you know what? They're struggling with, with this subject and that subject. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All of a sudden they're doing good. And the last, you know, six or nine weeks, all of a sudden they're not doing good. Why the gap all of a sudden? Why the, I'm trying to stay cool. I really am. I'm trying to not lose my patience and, and be upset here, but I want people to really understand the ramifications of sending your kids to a charter school because I'm I'm telling you again, we are living proof. I'm pleading with you, if you have a SPED student, do not send them over there. Trust me when I say they don't have the capability to service your kids. They don't, they really don't. Sorry, I, I just, I had to say that's that. Fine,
0: that's, that's fine, bro. So the, the point I was trying to make about lobbying, lobbying is open bribery, bribery. okay? So, that's what happens when you become a school board member in idea and you have your own business and you're like, well, why don't you use my business? And it's happened here. uh, But idea is more of an open uh, bribery in a sense where, okay, when it happens in public schools, sometimes they bring it, sometimes they don't. When it happens in idea, it only happens to certain people. There is not a open area. There is not a uh, a how can I say this? There so in public schools, um, they they uh, hold on. In
1: you had a brain fart. It's all good. No, Are no, it's because
0: somebody. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So public schools, public schools have a board for for each district, OK? Public schools have a board for each district. If I have a problem, I would go to Gary Gandara. I've sent him an email. He's never responded. And he still uses his private email, which is bewildering to me. Uh, one time I emailed Mr. Guerra. He did respond, and he wanted to get together. And then he didn't respond again. And that's his private email as well. Um, so those are things you want. But with idea, they only have one board somewhere in catchy or something like that, Pablo.
1: Yeah, I don't even know where they have the board, honestly, because when I asked, I was like, hey, so if you wanted to get on the board, how do you have to do it? Oh, uh, and that's the response that I told you they oh, gave oh, me. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute, that was like, so they have no vested interest in our community, not even one member from El Paso. And now to me, again, that was alarming. That is a red flag. How do you, how
0: does that, how does that even happen? Yeah, it's, it's mind boggling, but I hope we can educate people on this. So, you know, and in public schools, you can say, well, and this, this has come up this year where school board members have their own business and they want their business used for this. They want their business used for that. That's another whole thing, but at least they're here. Some of them bring it to school board and say, this is what's going on. Right. But some of them don't bring the school board and just do that. So that's kind of more of a wishy washy kind of kind of secretive kind of thing. But idea is blatantly saying you can't be on the school board unless you're a big donor donation guy to to idea. And that would that would make. So you have a problem. You're you're pretty much you deal with the CEO and the CEO go, well, take your kid and get out of here because that's that's what happens there. Now, let's look at the per expenditures for students. Charter schools spend 4,000 instruction. They spend 4,000. And remember, charter schools get more money than, than public schools, okay? They spend 4,887. Public schools spend 5,495. That's a $600 difference, okay? But charter schools still get more money, okay? Public schools get less money and spend more on kids. And that's off uh, Georgina Perez's website. Uh, General, General administration and school leadership. State charters spend $1,780. Uh, public schools in Texas spend $1,200. That's a $579 difference. So they, they're, when you say top heavy, that's top heavy. They're CEOs. That's why people are leaving the public school system to earn so much more money at an at, at idea. And that's all about it. It's not about the kids. I promise you that. There's people, I know people from Zecora have left, people from Isleta, from El Paso have left because they don't, they are their five last years uh, of of retirement. They just leave to make the money and they'll sell their soul to, they'll sell their soul to do that. And that's bad. That's horrible because- You know what, one of these days everything's going to come crashing down and they're going to come back to public schools, because we've been here for over 100 years. Okay, every school district in in our area has been here for a long time. So let's go back to this. Uh, Career technology training is spent $138 in charter schools, $303 in public schools. So career, and and we talked about this right now, Pablo. Uh, Riverside has their cosmetology. So Coral has their cosmetology. Uh, those are things that that um that they spend a lot more money. They spend one hundred sixty-five dollars more per student, and they get less money than charter schools. Public schools get less money than charter schools per student. And this is a good one. Extracurricular activities. They spend fifty-five dollars. Charter schools do. Public schools. 205 dollars so
1: let's i want to talk about that a little bit yes tell me and it's it's true public schools do offer much more opportunities for the kids right they really yeah. do there's there's no ifs ands or but that about it when we were there that one year we asked do they have this so they have that and they said well you can you can ask for it and see if we can bring a teacher but um you need to have the consensus there has to be a lot of parents that are on board so like if let's say you wanted, um because they didn't like any combative sports or like it's let's say we wanted gymnastics right because they asked there was parents that asked believe me believe it or not so they said let's just throw in gymnastics oh well we have enough students uh we'll get gymnastics but we need to find a teacher that knows gymnastics and it's like so, yeah, there's no teacher. It has to be a teacher that's there that knows gymnastics. How are, but they're not going to provide the facilities or the equipment to train them for gymnastics. Where I know, like, what is it, Isleta has um, gymnastics. I yes. think I yes. saw it in Bel Air, they have gymnastics there. So they don't, you know, they're not even going to provide the equipment so that they can actually do the extracurricular activity. And not only that, you still as a as a community have to reach out to other parents. Hey, what kind of sport or what kind of thing can we do? And stuff like that. Like, why is it so complex? Why is there just big formula to have
0: extracurricular activities for the kids? Yeah. Why? And let me tell you, it's a club. Literally, you can have a club. Okay. You can have a club of any shape, weight, or form. If you want a club as a as a teacher, you can go to your administrator and say, I want to start a powerlifting club. I want to start a fencing club or I want to start a chess club, whatever, whatever your heart desires, but they don't pay you for it. There's no stipend like coaching. When there's a coach, there's a seventh grade coach, eighth grade coach, high school coach, JV coach, all that good stuff. Okay. If you have a coach, they get stipend, they get a a thousand dollars stipend, $1,500, whatever it might be. Okay. They get those stipends and they get paid okay they get paid for what they do for their services but when you're a, a club president or a chess club guy or anything like you don't get paid why because you wanted a club you started it you recruited the kids okay you did all this there is they don't the school doesn't pay you they support you or they might give you a little bit of money for the club not for yourself so your time is free Okay, your time is free. So idea, I'm guessing that's what they do. They start clubs so they don't have to pay their teachers more, just like any other business. Their bottom line is X. And that's what's going to happen. They're not going to say the you know, there's principals that bent over backwards for their for their student athletes. I've seen it and and been there. But uh, charter schools are not going to do that for you. And let me tell you, there there is no there is no way where. There is a Friday night pride and all that stuff. They'll never happen at charter schools. It will never happen at charter schools where, you know, the the great traditions, it's a coral baseball and stuff like that, you know, and, and, you know, Eastlake has a lot of of big things and America's football. So yeah. All right.
1: I don't know if anybody was aware that might be watching or listening soon, but I do want to make people aware. Idea, when we first got involved in that year, they were willing to fly, fly, pay for meals, and lodging for parents to go down to other campuses throughout the state so that they can see what idea was about. Imagine that. So there and some of them were there for two days, three days, and it's like, wow, that's that's the that's the budget that they have, that's the money that they have, you know, and it's Marketing like right,
0: exactly. Why? Why? Because nothing matters to them but bringing in more students because that's the formula that Texas has. Now they changed it for this year or they're trying to change in the Texas Ledge. Some great people in the Texas Ledge are trying to change it where it's the enrollment, not per attendance per every day, because you're asking to. You're asking people to, no matter what, like bring in kids. Like right now, people are like bringing in for the start. Well, don't bring them in. It doesn't matter. We're in a pandemic, but the thing is, all they want is their enrollment. They'll fake the attendance. They don't care. They'll they'll lie about their attendance, and they won't pay any price. A char- a public school, will pay a price for that, uh, because they get audited a lot. Charter schools don't get audited. Nobody cares. Why? Because everybody gave it a piece of the pie, and we'll get that to a little bit. So the last one, and also look, don't forget that IDEA has private jets, least a private, well, that didn't happen because of public outcry, but they had Spurs luxury tickets. No, because pues suave. This is what happens, and and Pablo, yep. and Pablo, you told me something Thank about that, about, about those luxury tickets and private jets. What, what were you telling me earlier? Did you freeze? Tell us, uh, Go, all right, Pablo. Tell us about what happened that one time when you were kind of like, "Hey, what's going on here?" The luxury tickets to the Spurs, stuff like that. So it's one of those things. Obviously, again,
1: I, I, at least I felt I asked the right questions because that was now. Now it's the right question because now I'm able to give everybody the insight on how they operate. You know, and in order for you to have I guess, quote-unquote, perks, you have to be more involved. And that's just, that's just the nature of the piece. The more involved you are, the more perks you're going to have or your student will have or students. You know, and that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't, I wasn't there long enough to receive any perks, but that's, that was what you needed to do. The more involved you got, and the more you were for them, and even when we were there, it got to a point we were no longer for them. We were advocating against them, and they pushed back on us. And they said, no more volunteering. You can't. If you want to come into the school, you have to let us know when you're going to come, what time you're going to come, stuff like that. So, yeah, it, there was no way I was going to get that opportunity to even have those perks because we were fighting them, honestly. But nobody knows that, and we never told anybody that, when we were there for that one year that we were fighting against them but if you want those perks if you're one of those individuals that likes perks like that then go ahead put your children at risk damage other public uh, education teachers send them to a charter school get involved in the charter school system so you can have that perks if you're if you're a selfish individual
0: if you like to sell your soul to the devil go to a charter school exactly as a parent sorry it is what it is um... Now, let's get to more let's get to the last one about per student expenditures and this is what, the, what gets to me. Charter schools spent $646 per student for special education. 646. Public schools spent $1,191 per student. That's a difference of $545. You got to be kidding me. What I'm you, sorry. Pablo? Let me tell you, Pablo. Look, everybody suffers through something. Everybody has a disability. We all do. We all do. And not every not everything is going to be rainbows and sunshine every day. We all have our own demons. Okay? That's first and foremost. Our kids with special needs need just a little bit more help. So if you're you're that parent that says, I'm going to send my kid to a charter school porque no quiero que se junte con esa chuzma. Well, let me tell you, the chuzma is the world. Because all the world is chuzma. I'm chuzma. Okay? We all are chuzma. But once you say, I don't want my child to be educated next to a kid with a disability, then you better check yourself in the mirror because that's wrong and you're wrong. And you're discriminating. And you're discriminating. You're teaching discrimination at a very early age. And that's what charter schools do. They discriminate against kids with disabilities. What did I tell you earlier about,
1: and I actually think that, okay, so there's two things. One, on the public side, I think they need to increase that amount for SPED. They really do because I see the need for it. I really do. The second thing, the charter schools, I think that m- amount is actually inflated. I think that amount is probably actually lower, for, at least from what I saw when I was there. That I one really,
0: let me tell you, Texas got 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 um, early on in the Trump uh, administration, the Department of Ed came down on Texas. So you tell me what charter schools were doing for, for, for uh, DeVos, actually did something against Texas, uh, for not educating the kids enough in SPED, imagine that Betsy DeVos came down on Texas for special ed education. Can you imagine what was happening? Can you imagine what was happening? Yeah, we can. Nothing was happening, literally.
1: I never, I never felt it as a parent. Other parents never felt it.
0: And that's just wrong. Uh, we should be putting first foremost our students with disabilities. Uh, so that's that, and and it's just horrible. So um, let's move on to some other stuff real quick. Uh, de- uh, duplative taxpayer burden. The Texas legisl- the Texas Legislative Budget Board confirmed additional costs to charters to the state in 2018 memo, which is estimated Texas would have saved 882 million over the 2018-2019 benignium over two years if charters have paid the same as districts where the charters have the highest enrollment. That means that charters don't pay their, their fair share. Uh, so this is an email from Mike Morath to Georgina Perez where I got all this information from. Got it. The analysis of the course, well done. The analysis of this course, well done. There are some aspects of the letter that are no longer applicable because of HB3. Remember that, that's what gave us the teacher the raises. But if you look at the presentation I provided today, you should be getting it shortly. Slide 20 shows that side-by-side comparisons for charters and SISDs, comparing only the dark blue and the yellow bars, net difference times the number of students in charters would get the similar number to the 882 million even post hb3 so our representative is telling our our state board our tea director commissioner that we're paying over a billion dollars to charter schools who have only 6% of the texas pop of the texas kids population in education that's Almost a billion dollars is going to charter schools who have only 6% of our students. That's insane.
1: That, and that, that, that does, it does, it, it pisses me off because, and you know, not only my situation, but you as a SPED teacher and other kids, that money could be utilized for the SPED department it, because it, we need to grow. That department needs to grow that and it, it's hurting. Yeah. And no, 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 no. It bothers me.
0: It's not about growing in a sense, but let me tell you, it's about getting more classroom and getting more teachers and giving them the stipend that they deserve for being a special education teacher. Because it's not easy, let me tell you that. There's a lot of paperwork. And let me tell you, my wife also does a lot of paperwork and, and classroom teachers do a lot of paperwork, which is crazy.
1: But- so I, w- I want to show people that I'm knowledgeable, somewhat knowledgeable as, as a parent at the SPED. It is, it entails a lot of, you got to go ARDs, which are are annual review and dismissals, the IEPs that they got to follow, the documentation that they got, that, you know, SPED teachers got input, that takes time, it takes time. And each, remember, those that don't know, when it's a student, individual, um, help me out, IEP, individual education plan, For the student. That's the individual education plan for the student. So that means if if a SPED teacher has 10 kids that they gotta take care of, that means it's 10 different forms of way or ways to educate those kids. There it's different. It take it's like creating 10 different lesson plans, if I'm not mistaken, correct, Alex. Yeah. It's so, literally it's a lot of
0: work. Yeah. It's a ton of work. It's a ton of work. And, and not to say it, it's one or greater than the other, because let me tell you, we have our, uh, I have an, I have amazing teachers that I work with. My wife has amazing teachers to work with and, and they have their own, their own thing to deal with as well. And and then we have to go in there and say, well, we need to do this too. Well, we need to do this too. That makes it. And now if we could just have, if we spent one, $1 billion on public education and said, wow. Every school could have an extra special education teacher. That means that 30 kids to one middle school could have two teachers and you can have 15 for each, which gives them more time to be with a kid, which gives them more uh, the ability to pull out kids to help them, which gives them more uh, uh, leeway to say, well, um, let's help this this young man today, or let me pull this student out to help them." Let's do this. Let's do that. And that also uh, helps... That I'm sorry, Alex. It also helps close a gap sooner. Exactly. If, if you have more teachers, you get to close the gap sooner. I promise you. I promise you. With a, with a new COVID bill that, that, that they just passed, that means more teachers in the classroom and less students. Okay. More teachers at schools and less students. That's what you got to do to get this going because what are we going to do you know there's so many gaps what we're going to go school year round we can't it doesn't work that way in in the public school system but do not go to charters i know it's convenient i know it's it's a new new uh uh, fad hi they do this i they come out and let me tell you those super bowl commercials don't cost uh five thousand dollars they cost like hundreds and thousands of dollars idea did it harmony did it those are things that you got to realize and let me tell you, if you don't know, now you know. Okay, this was long coming. This podcast was long coming. We've, Me and Pablo, have talked about it a long time, said, dude, we got to do this, dude, we got to do this. But again, other things happen. And that's why we had to bring in on a Saturday. We have more time. We, we, we get to talk a little bit more and more freedom. But I want to add something to it. Go ahead.
1: Did you know, and I asked, how come you guys don't have buses? They were never able to give me an answer. Oh. How about them apples? Yeah, the public school system. Let me tell a, you some something.
0: System. Because they don't want people without, without cars. Systemic racism right there. Systemic racism. And everybody says, oh, you're all about race. Hell yeah, I'm all about race. Are you crazy? You think nobody judges us because we're brown or nobody judges us because we're poor? Everybody judges us yeah, wherever we came from because we didn't have food or money in our pockets. We were, we were judged. That's what charter schools, they judge you because they don't want those kids, those pobrecitos, that walk to school because I know if I know my mom had me up by seven by 5 a.m. and out the door by 6 30 a.m. because you're not going to be late to school.
1: And you know Let what? Me, I would, how? That would be oh my god we didn't get this kid in here today because a parent couldn't make it because their car broke down because they're not financially stable. I'm sorry, that's a BS excuse of why not a, a child cannot go to a yeah. classroom. Yeah.
0: But they 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 they, I think they taught not. I think they like that because. It's okay. It's like they tell you it's okay. You can learn from school. I I've, I've heard of, of them also doing remote learning where you just have to send a paper in and you're in. Just like the pandemic showed the public schools what they're doing. I think I've heard I've heard charter schools do that where they don't count you absent as long as they call or as long as you do a paper for them or something like that. They were prepa they were already for the pandemic because they were doing it already. Yeah, that makes it difficult. Our last point before we go, Pablo. Additional cost of charters for Region 19, September 22nd, 2020. Summary in 2019-2020, charters in public, charters in El Paso cost the state and tax, uh, Texas taxpayers $7.8 million more than if the same students would attend their home school districts. El Paso ISD, with the largest number of transfers to charters, lost $59.8 million in revenue to charter schools that's that's sad you're paying. okay first of all you are a taxpayer i'm a taxpayer we're paying for idea okay we are and we're paying for sisd that's yeah. gotta that's gotta mean something because that's, that's a question that we need to bring up and say, I don't want to pay for IDEA. Well, remember, we got we to gotta elaborate a little bit more on that because remember,
1: once the child goes to IDEA for one day and you disenroll them and, t- and send them back to idea the public the school, money. they're still getting the money. They keep it.
0: They keep it. So if you take your child to IDEA for one day, you just gave them, what is it? $3,000 a day per kid or $6,000 a day per kid? Something like that. $6,000 times 180 I don't know. Let me see here. Real quick. $6,000 time, 6, times 180 You just gave him $180,000. Straight up. That's half at a public school and that's your taxpayer money. Okay. Charter schools suck. There is no if or buts about it. They suck. They discriminate. No due process. No unionizing. Yep. It's almost like an Amazon, bro. (laughs) I mean, and that's, that's
1: the thing. Like, that's what I want people to understand. Like, and yeah, Okay, Rodrigo, yeah, you've bashed me, that's fine. Do your thing, but you don't know the facts. I know the facts because my family survived charter schools. We survived it and we, we questioned, we asked. So what better advocate to go ahead and fight for our kids to come back to a public school? But you know what? I just don't wanna just say come back and come back and come back. No, we know what their flaws are. We know how they hurt teachers. We know how they hurt kids. So you know what? Is there, and is, is there room for, for improvement and growth at SISD? Oh, definitely. And that's one of the things that I want to bring is that room for growth. We need to grow. And that's going to be, you know what? We're going to show you that we're better because I had the ex, the same experience that I just explained to you why we left. We didn't know. We were scared. We, we were trying to find a lot of the parents are in that same bubble as to why they left. Yeah. Because yeah. it still keeps getting... De- because it's the leadership, it's the leadership, it's the leadership, and it starts at the top. So from the top, teachers, community members, taxpayers, you, you want your funds to go back to the public school system, you need to change your vote and you need to get me in there so that I can be your advocate for the, and the voice for this community so we can get our kids back into the public system and truly educate them. Because right, them. the public school system is your best option. And yes, you know what, parents? If you have your kids over there, that's fine. I understand. I went through that same that same pain that you went through, or you're still going through. But guess what? I'm here to be your voice and advocate for you, and have that door still open for you, and ready to come back when you're ready to go to SISD. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Excellent, Pablo. Good, good, good. Uh, I'm fired up, man. That we haven't done one of these shows in education for a while. I get real fired up because they are discrimination against our, 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 our most vulnerable. Uh, My students, my kids, uh, that that hurts a lot. And, and those things should not be happening in a first world country, in the richest country in the world. And, and, you know, and there's a reason why people, why, why charter schools uh, always aim for the, the low income area. So, because they, they don't expect parents like you. Thank God that your girls have you, uh, because they didn't, they didn't know what hit them when that happened. And, and, um, those are things that I rather, I rather know, I'd rather be, be associated with somebody that's been there, done that than somebody that hasn't done anything in 11 years. And, exactly. and that's, that really, that really spots So, Uh, let's see, uh, what happens. I know, uh, people are, uh, no, no, not people, Rodrigo, whatever his name is, is asking for, uh, uh, us to talk about uh, Paul Garcia and Eddie Mena. Uh, but I know he's supporting a lot of the uh, incumbents. I think he should be careful what he asked for because yes, we did find information on candidates and some of them do have records and, I wouldn't want my child to represent it by somebody who has that charge on them or was sent to court for it. But I'd rather have somebody who posted something on Facebook nine years ago. You know what I mean? That's, that's just, doesn't work that way. But Pablo, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. I know you've had long, long, long days. Uh, so we'll have your uh, town hall. We'll have another town hall on the 31st of this month. Yes, sir. And uh, we invite everybody to get on board with us. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Pablo. We'll see you guys when we see you. Uh, Remember, watch what they do, not what they say. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Exactly. Take
1: care.
2: Safe. Bye-bye. School. If Pink Floyd had gone to one, they'd have known it's we don't need any education. You undermined your point. Now it is it's currently back to school season, and for millions, the school they'll be attending will be a charter school. The things the politicians love to praise. I called for a doubling of our investment in charter schools. I'm a big believer in charter schools. I believe in public charter schools. Charter schools work and they work very well. Charter schools are so successful that almost every politician can find something good to say about them. Yes, charter schools unite both sides of the aisle more quickly than when a wedding DJ throws on hey ya. Oh, look at Nana dancing. We can never let her know what this song is about. Charters are basically public schools that are taxpayer funded, but privately run. And now the first ones emerged 25 years ago as places to experiment with new educational approaches. And since then, they've exploded. There are now over 6,700 charter schools educating almost three million students. And some have celebrity backers, like Puff Daddy, Andre Agassi, and even Pitbull who helped, helped launch Miami's Slam Academy. He was a keynote speaker at a charter school conference in 2013 and his speech has not aged well for reasons that will become painfully clear. They told me that uh, Bill Cosby has spoken here before, which I think is amazing. Someone that I really relate to. I also love Jell-O, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. That does look bad now. But to be fair, it was not commonly known at the time that Jell-O was responsible for dozens of cases of sexual assault. <laughs> Turns out Jell-O is a monster. I think I'm legally OK to say that. The point is, Jello. Jell-O. <laughs> and, and look, when Pitbull has a charter school, it seems like it might be worth taking a look at them. And first, let me acknowledge this is a controversial area. Charter proponents will point to positive news stories like this one about the Kip Charter Schools Network. Most KIPP students are chosen by lottery, regardless of prior academic record. Almost all meet federal poverty guidelines, and yet 82% go on to college. I think one thing that I learned at KIPP really well is that a lot of your effort doesn't reap any um, success until way later in the future. Now, honestly, any philosophy that can get those kind of results might be worth considering in the same way that if we found out they boosted our immunity, we'd seriously consider eating koalas. But but critics, critics argue charters overstate their successes, siphon off talented students, and divert precious resources within the school district. Now, for this piece, and I know this is going to make some people on both sides very angry, we're going to set aside whether or not charter schools are a good idea in principle, because whether they are or not, in 42 states and D.C., we're doing them. So instead, we're going to look at how they operate in practice. One group found on average charters had a slight edge over traditional public schools in reading and did about the same in math, but acknowledged charter quality is uneven across the states and across schools. And that is putting it mildly, because around the country, there have been charter schools so flawed, they don't make it through the school year.
1: This charter school suddenly
2: closed its doors in the middle of the day. An Orange County charter school suddenly closed its doors without notice. The local charter school is suddenly and unexpectedly closing its doors. On our dining room table, my son left these two notes to us. One says, Dear Mom, is the school going out of business? Yes, yes, you are right. That kid spelled business, biznose, which I'd argue is a much better way to spell it. Now, now that, that school was actually shut down just six weeks into the school year. So to be honest, they probably should have been much better at business. <laughs> and, and charters in some states can have an alarming failure rate. Two years ago, a Florida paper found that since 2008, 119 charter schools had closed there, 14 of which had never even finished their first school year. So 14 schools in Florida were outlasted by NBC's Mysteries of Laura. A show which once ended an episode like this. I have a hot date tonight. who? Threesome, actually. That's a threesome joke about her fucking children. It was in the first season and they gave her another one. But the point is, When schools close that fast, it's shocking because you would assume someone would rigorously screen a school before it was allowed to open, making sure it was financially and academically sound. But that is not always the case. Take Florida's Ivy Academies, which shut down after just seven weeks due to a lack of, among other things, a school. The schools were repeatedly kicked out of their buildings, shuttled students among multiple sites, including the Signature Grand Reception Hall in Davie, two local churches in Fort Lauderdale and Holiday Park. They also bus students on daily field trips because they didn't have enough classrooms. Daily field trips? How's that even possible? Surely by day ten you've run out of ideas and are taking kids to Marshalls to return a belt. Hey, pretty, pretty great, right, kids? I'll probably get store credit, so put on your adventure hats. We're about to go on a magical twelve-dollar scavenger hunt. So, how did those schools get approved? Well, Florida's charter process begins with a lengthy application, and Ivy Academies was 400 pages long, and their founder, Trayvon Mitchell, included passages like this one, beginning, instruction is scaffolded to provide targeted support with the goal of increasing independence. It goes on, and it sounds great, but weirdly, we found this application by a school called Franklin Academy in Fort Lauderdale, which predates that by two years, and which features this passage, which begins, instruction will scaffold, and then continues in almost exactly the same way. It's basically identical, but for a few small differences, like the Olsen twins. I mean, you know, know one of them came first, and then Mary Kate plagiarized her face. (laughs) Now, that behavior might not be illegal, but it's certainly unethical or if I may quote from the Ivy Academy Handbook, you will not plagiarise works that you find on the internet. Plagiarism is taking the ideas or writings of others and presenting them as if they were yours. So the application for Mitchell's school would also have been grounds for him getting thrown out of that school. And incidentally, that's not the only thing he may have stolen. He has since been accused of spending funds for students on himself and is awaiting trial for grand theft. And the problem with the approval process being too easy is there is a lot at stake in charter schools. They get paid on a per-student basis. On average, that's about $7,000 for every enrollment, and that adds up. Take Philadelphia's Beach Charter School. I know, I know, they named it a long time ago. And it's spelled differently, you fucking monsters. Rest in peace. Now, that school, that school received more than five. Million dollars in taxpayer money uh, the same year that this story emerged. By day, the Harambee Institute Charter School looks like any other, educating some 450 students from kindergarten through eighth grade. But by night, <laughs> the cafeteria turns into Club Money, a bar that authorities say is unlicensed and illegal. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had a couple of shots, so I'm drunk Wow. A nightclub in an elementary school is a recipe for disaster because those are the two most vomit prone populations in the world. They must have had to febreze the shit out of that place. Now, you'll be glad to hear uh, that that school's under new leadership now, although that might be because its CEO pled guilty to fraud for embezzling nearly $80,000 from the Harambee Institute. Rest in peace. And, And look, you can say that's an isolated incident, but it isn't. In Philadelphia alone, at least 10 executives or top administrators have pled guilty in the last decade to charges like fraud, misusing funds and obstruction of justice, which may be why Philly Magazine advises parents, don't forget to Google any schools you're looking at to make sure they weren't once unexpectedly shut down or run by a CEO who pleaded guilty to theft. All of which speaks to a general atmosphere, perhaps best articulated by the state auditor. I've said it before, and I will say it again, Pennsylvania has the worst charter school law in the United States. That is not good, because it is not like having the worst something is new for Pennsylvania. Remember, this is a state that has the worst football fans, the worst bell, and the worst regional delicacy. Yes. If I wanted cheese Whiz on my steak sandwich, I'd eat at Kiddy Cafeteria, the restaurant run by six-year-olds. And I'm not even sure Pennsylvania deserves to be called the worst, because Ohio's charter law was for decades so lax, even charter advocates have called it the Wild West. The state has around 360 charters, and their governor, John Kasich, speaks often about how much he loves choice and competition in schools. We will improve the public schools if there's a sense of competition. You know, just like a, a, a pizza shop in the town, if there's only one, and... Uh, and there's not much pepperoni on it. You can call till you're blue in the face. But the best way to get pepperoni, on, more pepperoni on that pizza, is to open up a second pizza shop. And that's what's going to improve our public schools. Okay. Okay. That doesn't work on any level. First, no one has ever called it a pizza shop. Second, it's a little hard to hear the man who just defunded Planned Parenthood talk about the importance of choice. Third, there's such a thing, there is such a thing as paying for extra pepperoni like a normal person. And finally, the notion that the more pizza shops there are, the better pizza becomes is effectively undercut by the two words, Papa John's. But, but Ohio's charters have had huge problems with lack of oversight. A review of one year's state audits found charters misspent public money nearly four times more often than any other form of taxpayer-funded agency and some cases are incredible. Like that of Lisa Ham, a school superintendent who was accused of spending money for her school on spas, jewelry, luggage, plays, veterinary care, and trips to Europe and to see Oprah. She took a plea deal without admitting guilt, but not before delivering this fantastic explanation. Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. And it's very important for people to have a vision for their own lives And in order to do that, they need to experience what's possible in life. And in order to transfer that to the children, they have to experience it themselves. That is amazing. She's just spouting a bunch of vague bullshit about inspiration, crossing her fingers and hoping people will buy it. And you know what? When you put it like that, I feel like she has learned a lot from Oprah. Money well spent. And incidentally, for the record, when she quoted Proverbs saying, where there is no vision, the people perish, she, she's leaving out the very next line, which is, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. <laughs> and that's a f***ing important caveat. And what's crazy is, there are ways to profit off of charter schools perfectly legally in Ohio, and there have been for years. Look at this episode of Frontline from 2000. By law, charter schools must be non-profit. But the schools can hire an educational management company, or EMO, to run the school, and the EMO can try to make a profit. Brennan calls his EMO White Hat Management. Education is first, last, and always a business. If it's run like a business, it can be done profitably. Yes, education is first, last, and always a business. Take the L off the word learning, and what do you got? Earning. (laughs) Take the E off it, what do you got then? Arning. Yeah, sure, that's not a word, but it could be in one of our English classes. (laughs) Now, that man's company, White Hat Management, worked on the contracts where each charter would pay 95% or more of its government funding to White Hat, which, as a private company, isn't obligated to provide the same level of transparency as, say, a school district. So taxpayers could have little idea how that money was being spent. And who can say if that's a good system or not? All I know is White Hat ran 32 of the lowest performing schools in the state. And if you do essentially the same terrible thing more than 30 times in a row, you're not a management company. You're basically Billy Joel's greatest hits volumes two and three. And at this point, you may be thinking charters were completely unmonitored, but that is where you would actually be wrong. Because they are approved and overseen by what are called authorizers. And while some states sharply limit who can be an authorizer, Ohio allowed many different groups, including nonprofits, to do it. Meaning, well, let's say I wanted to open the John Oliver Academy for Nervous Boys. <laughs> and, and let's say I had a pre existing nonprofit called Johnny's Kids. That could potentially have overseen my school. And that basically happened. Take the Richard Allen chain of schools in Ohio, whose president was a woman called Jeanette Harris. They were overseen by Kids Count, a nonprofit founded by Jeanette Harris, which oversaw the schools as they spent a million tax dollars on management and consulting firms founded by, wait for it, Jeanette fucking Harris. Now, Harris denies a conflict of interest because she claims she wasn't directly involved in decision making. And maybe, maybe the schools just chose Kids Count because it had a proven track record of great oversight. So let's let's just check in on one of the other schools they oversaw. A local charter school padded its attendance records resulting in more than a million dollars in extra money. State auditors interviewed students and staff. Their findings showed that on any given day there would only be about 30 students in the building, a fraction of the reported 459 enrolled there. Oh, it gets worse, because when an auditor looked into it, they found Kids Count had done the legal minimum oversight required, which I would argue suggests a problem with the legal minimum, because 30 kids showed up, and the school claims they had 450, which doesn't speak well of an oversight group calling itself Kids Count. (laughs) Now, now Ohio has passed a new law to try and clean up some of the problems you've seen, but serious damage has already been done. And incredibly, there is one more way that charter schools around the country have been allowed to run wild, because we haven't even mentioned online charters yet. They serve 180,000 students, and even if they just get the average $7,000 per student, that's over a billion dollars in taxpayer money going to cyber charters annually. And some have an attendance system you would not believe Sometimes kids aren't counted absent until they've failed to log on for five days in a row. And some are never required to attend class. But the state still requires the schools to report attendance. So most just report 100%, even though that's not what's really going on. That's just crazy. You're basically giving kids a box containing video games, pornography and long division and claiming 100% of them chose the right one. And look, some kids might need online education but it has got to be monitored better because one major study found compared to kids in traditional public schools students in online charters lost the equivalent of 72 days of learning in reading and 180 days in math during the course of a 180 day school year and 180 minus 180 is as those kids might put it three <laughs> now charter advocates will tell you That even they are concerned about online schools and they'll argue some states have much better oversight than the ones that we've seen and that is true though for the record some may even be worse one charter researcher told ohio be very glad that you have nevada so you are not the worst (laughs) which i believe is the motto on nevada state license (laughs) plates but the point is we don't even have time to get into nevada And advocates will argue all these closings show accountability in action. Just like in business, bad schools close. But there's a problem there. As one former charter school employee explains. This isn't just a regular business. This isn't a restaurant that you just open up, you serve your food, people don't like it, you close it and you move on. This is education. This is students are getting left in the middle of the year without a school to go to. So I just think that there needs to be some filter as to who's opening up these charter schools. Exactly. The problem with letting the free market decide when it comes to kids is that kids change faster than the market. And by the time it's obvious the school is failing, futures may have been ruined. So if we are going to treat charter schools like pizza shops, we should monitor them at least as well as we do pizzerias. It's like the old saying, give a kid a shitty pizza, you f*** up their day. Treat a kid like a shitty pizza, you could f*** up their entire life.